there's a lot of opportunity from the shopper being able to find you online and self-service themselves to your door and learn about your communities without having to burden the sales team. The Bridge is a podcast for all businesses where the consumer purchase takes place at a physical location, but those same consumers are shopping and narrowing their choices down online. That jump from online to in-store is where most businesses struggle. Each episode, we will focus on real strategies and examples from industry experts on how to dominate this complex and competitive environment by sharing the latest trends in technology and process. In this episode, we chat with Robert Lee, Director of Strategic Partnerships at Hiley. He joins Andy and Fabian to talk about how they are changing the economics of the multifamily industry using a brilliant humans plus machines philosophy that enables properties to schedule tours autonomously and win back dormant leads. His current experience, mixed with his background as an assistant property manager, give him a unique viewpoint on driving success on site and made for a great conversation. Let's jump right in and get started. Hey, everybody out there. This is Andy Medley. I have Fabian Rodriguez with me. Today, we are excited. We have Robert Lee, uh, Director of Strategic Partnerships from Hiley. We really appreciate you joining us. Hey, uh, before we get started too much, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, your company, Hiley, and, and, and what you guys are doing in the multifamily space? So at Hiley, you know, we're doing kind of exactly that. We uh, do like to tie in and bridge the gap of some of the online acquisition um, to getting the customer through the door at the property. Uh, many people do start their, their shopping journey online, so we want to give the prospect tools that empower them and give them the ability to self-serve themselves, whether it be through some prospect nurturing, whether it be through an online scheduling tool that allows them to go ahead and book an appointment right at the site and be able to come through the door. So before you went to Hiley, can, can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the changes that you saw taking place while you were working on a, 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 you know, at a property and, and trying, to, trying to help bridge that gap? And, and, and maybe that even lend itself to why you saw value and, and, and jumped at the opportunity to work at a company like Hiley that was probably trying to solve some of those challenges. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, one thing that's great about multifamily is they do strive to try to feed you as many leads as possible. Uh, but one of the issues or challenges of being a, a leasing agent or a manager at a property is, is you're dealing with a lot of your residents face-to-face. So not only do you have residents coming in that either need packages or need service requests taken care of, but then you also have all of your influx of leads coming in from the various online advertising sources and your website that want to come in and need questions answered or would like to schedule an appointment to come visit. And, you know, the struggle is really, you know, try to get all these follow-ups in or make sure that you're communicating and think through all these leads we're sending you. But you're really spending your day a lot of time with face-to-face. There's people walking through your door and in your office nonstop. So one thing that was really helpful was to be able for someone to be able to schedule a tour online and then be able to come in and streamline that process. So then we're spending less time trying to book these appointments and the prospects were able to go ahead and self-serve that piece of the journey because, you know, ultimately converting just a lead to a lease is, uh, you know, it's very hard, but converting someone that comes in physically visits and tours with you, you're able to have that personal relationship and then ultimately convert that client to a lead. We hear that a lot, especially, I mean, across any physical locations, the challenge for a lot of the people that are in charge of sales is is prioritization and balancing the fact that there's somebody standing in front of you, but yet a lot of the reason those people are standing in front of you is because you did something 
in terms of outbound or generated that lead or took advantage of nurturing that lead to get them in front of you. So, you know, the focus is, is not always easy. It, it does make that piece of prioritization very hard. And, you know, one thing that, that I found and that we found in working through with some of our tools at Highly through, um, you know, nurturing prospects and enabling them to self-schedule is that, you know, much of the closing of the, the sale is once they get them to the door, you get them to tour with you and you're able to uh, start communicating those lease agreements and doing that. And that, that's where the heavy lifting really picks up. But there's a lot of opportunity uh, from the shopper being able to find you online and self-service themselves to your door and learn about your communities without having to burden the sales team a little bit. So there is a lot, I think, of strategy with some automation and some processes that can be put into place to help on that front end of the list. So then the, you know, we could focus on site, you know, more so trying to close that sale, get that lease signed while we have that influx of leads coming in still being taken care of in some more of an automated way. And really in a B2B world like uh, like the ones we live in, that's really kind of more talking about the difference between a marketing qualified lead versus a sales qualified lead. And, you know, marketing qualified lead for those listeners out there, that basically means that you are a, an individual that just started researching and you're not ready to buy. You might not even be ready to, be, to talk to anybody, but it does mean that you want to continue to get information um, on your own time in a, in a manner in which suits you. And so that's really where lead nurturing comes into play. And at a particular time where I transition from as a prospect, for example, from marketing qualified to sales qualified, it means I'm ready to talk. And it means I have some some specific questions that a salesperson is is what is necessary to answer. And and that is a new environment, um, uh, specifically in the property world, where consumers are shopping a lot earlier than they used to. They're not getting in their car on a traditional Saturday and driving around to seven different locations and and then picking. But they're doing that all online, maybe as much as six to nine months in advance. And so to your point, Robert, is that uh, you don't have time to nurture all of those people. You've got to focus on the people that are actually down there in the sales qualified lead world. And you want to you want to try and get them closed. I think one thing that, you know, I we struggle with a lot of the processes in place, especially when I was you know in the field, is there really wasn't a concept of a marketing qualified versus a sales qualified. They gave you all leads um, and expect you to work all leads as a sales qualified lead. And again, many of them, you would speak, you get them on the phone. Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm not really interested for, you know, another six months. And it's like, well, you know, I run on a 60 day availability. I, I can't, I can't tell you anything today. <laughs> Let me try to remember to follow up with you in six months, uh, which, you know, ultimately it you know doesn't really happen. Uh, it's very difficult. So I think introducing that concept, I mean, is 100%. It, it's getting there. I mean, I'm starting to look for a new apartment myself. And, you know, I'm seven, eight months out from, you know, before I'm going to be ready to sign a lease. And I'm doing my research, looking online, checking the different outlets, poking around. But, you know, I'm not ready to talk to anyone yet. And and what's 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 funny about that is even you as a as a shopper and we we see this a lot is that you might not actually even know um, when that trigger takes place. Uh, and and usually it's because there's a piece of information that throughout the lead nurture that that particular apartment might be might be sharing with you, all of a sudden it triggers your decision that you go, oh wait, okay, actually now I feel really comfortable. 
you know what I, you know, I'd love to talk to somebody at this point in time and you, you, uh, maybe click on request an appointment or, or get on there and, 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 and send in, uh, you know, a contact us or, or, or ask a question and, and all of a sudden it's going. And, you know, that, that's why that lead nurturing is so important because yeah, while the, the cadence and the rhythm can certainly be scientific, there's still an art, um, to the buyer's journey and, and when that consumer is ready to, uh, to take that next step. I'm curious if we were going to pull on a little bit of, of, of starting at top of the funnel and the idea of lead quality and knowing that lead quality is a really a relative terminology because it, 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 the lead quality could, is very much dependent upon when that consumer is actually looking to purchase and where they are in the stage. But where that lead comes from um, also depends and has a lot of determination on the price of that lead and therefore the, you know, what the ultimate cost per lease is. How are you guys seeing the the difference between say ILS leads and uh, and first party leads that are taking place on the website? We are working on. Uh, we're actually actively gathering some data and getting some, some new information and insights on that. We're actually just finishing up a pilot with uh, some of those larger ILSs, such as Apartments.com, where they've actually been able to directly schedule into our scheduling tool. So. We're excited to pull some of that data. I wish I had it now to take a look at, you know, what is just someone that submits a lead from an ILS versus someone that schedules a tour? And then are those tours actually ultimately quality tours too? Are they as committed as the tours of the people that schedule from a property website? We do find that the people that commit to scheduling a tour uh, do show up at a very high rate as well as a higher rate than those that they even called a call center or spoke with a leasing agent to show up to tour. So Someone that, you know, schedules, self-schedules a tour is a very high intent, very quality lead. But when you're looking at someone that maybe submits just a guest card, it, it really depends where they are in their buying journey. Are they just looking? You know, we do find that when people are on an ILS, that, you know, they may be submitting leads to multiple properties. So they're kind of just throwing their name out there, seeing what comes back. So that does kind of decrease the quality of the, the lead a little bit. I know you don't have the access to the data yet, but was there any thesis or any uh, of your own opinions on what you think that might tell or you were looking for? Yeah, I do believe that if uh, someone does book a tour, uh, I mean, we're thinking if someone does book a tour from a, an ILS, we don't believe that it's going to be as strong as someone that booked directly from, say, a property website because they're probably still at a little bit early in their buying journey. We do find that most people, once they find a property and they're comfortable with the property, even if they originally found you on an ILS, they continue to consume from your website. We do think that it's going to be better than someone that submits just a guest card from an ILS. So we do believe that we're going to get stronger leads from an ILS because if they do find that property and they're ready to make that commitment and they're ready to buy, instead of just submitting a guest card, they're going to go ahead and submit a tour which is a, a strong indicator of someone that's ready to purchase. Robert, and, and I just want to ask a, a question just to provide a little bit of context. Uh, can you talk about the process for, for a lead that is coming through highly, kind of what that looks like from, from the beginning? So the way that we really view a new lead coming in from highly, there's, there's basically a couple points of entry. You're either going to submit a guest card, pick up a phone and call, or maybe submit a guest card on an ILS. So you're just at that point raising your hand saying, hey, contact me. Those leads, when they come into the Highly platform, we like to put them through a nurture series over their first nine days. So what we do is we allow the agents to get that first initial attack in that first 48 hours, and then we will nurture them on day three, highlight the amenities of the community, nurture them on day six, highlight the apartment features, and nurture them on day nine. 
to highlight the neighborhood around the community. With those particular nurtures, we're trying to drive them to schedule that tour. So at any point in time, they can leave that piece of the journey, schedule the tour, and move on to that next piece. Some customers, if they're ready to schedule the tour, they're going to skip that whole part of the journey, and they're just going to go direct to schedule. They're ready. They're purchase ready. They're going to go ahead and schedule the tour. They don't need that additional information. They've probably already done a lot of that research. So at that point, they come right into our, our touring piece of the journey. They're going to get their touring confirmation. We're actually going to send out a, a night before reminder. So they're actually able to go ahead and cancel or reschedule their appointment for that tour should something come up right from those email and text reminders. At that point, if they come in and they tour, that's great. Their leasing team is able to continue that process. But we also track the concept of a no-show, which is slightly new for some of the newer or for CRMs in our industry. They don't track this data point that we do as heavily. And what that no-show is, is if they don't show up for the tour, we want to send yet another follow-up to them automatically with another link saying, hey, we understand you missed your appointment, but you know, please take the time, quickly reschedule another time with us. We'd still love to show you around. So trying to get that person who showed that high intent to come back through the door. And then from that point, it's really up to the, the leasing team to close the deal. Once they've toured, that's really where that human interaction is needed to be heavily involved to close that appointment. From a data perspective, how do you boil that down in terms of uh, general metrics? So the first metric we track is is exactly that, scheduled to showing up. And we're tracking that from the ILSs and the various sources as well. So, you know, we want to know if you have someone that's getting you a lot of tours but they're not showing up, then maybe it's not a good avenue to have schedule a tour on that particular you know channel. But once the tour comes in, the leasing agent actually is able to tour with them and give them that visit. Most leasing agents can convert anywhere from 30 to 40% for someone that's come through the door. So once you get that tour through the door, you know, at that point, it's really your, your opportunity to lose. That's where the salesperson should be able to go in and excel and use their, their their personal skills, use that customer service skills that they have to go ahead and get that conversion. Yeah, we're, we're speaking the same language at that point in time. And that's where a lot of the training can come into play and a lot of the benchmarks. You know, there's always going to be some spillage because, you know, there's some qualifying or some budget issues or, you know, inventory issues that uh, are always going to cause that uh, that close ratio from a, a tour to, to a lease down. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, to your point, there's definitely training that uh, opportunities that can come. And without that data to help you understand what that uh, conversion is, uh, makes it harder to be able to uh, to train and know where you're actually leaking. Absolutely. And since we're talking about data a little bit, we, we've had some interesting studies that we've done recently looking at uh, when do prospects want a tour and when do they schedule. So most prospects, if they're online and they self-schedule a tour, if I'm online today, I'm going to book today, tomorrow, or I'm going to book that day. And it's steady across every day of the week. Huh. And so we're finding that consumers want to come in on Saturday or they want to come in today or the next day. So again, it's it's showing that it's a high intent. They're either like ready, ready to come in and purchase, or they're going to come in this weekend. And so it's an interesting piece of data that we were able to collect there. And then it goes along with our the way that we send out our automated reminders uh, the night before the tour. We send those out at 8 p.m. We have the highest spike in cancellations and reschedules at 8 p.m. on the dot across the board. And what's great about that is people are rescheduling their appointment for that next day or they're canceling their appointment for that next day, opening up those slots for people to go backfill 
for the for those properties. So we're creating additional efficiencies that we were unaware of until we did these deeper studies on the data itself. That's great data because I think it parlays into to kind of a next topic around adoption at the property management level um, of what uh, is newer technology for them. And uh, there are certainly some property management companies out there that are on the leading edge. And then there are some that are lagging that haven't adopted this technology or haven't adjusted to the consumer journey. And I'm sure you're, you're, you're as a, as a leader of uh, the sales team out there are uh, dealing with both. Can you talk to me a little bit or the general um, sentiment on where you see um, the trends going in the overall um, multifamily space and kind of where you think some of these property management com- companies are in the adoption line? I still think we're pretty early. I think that their family is starting to finally um, embrace some new technologies, but they still have some old ways of thinking because what's happening is there's a lot of legacy systems that are out there that perform a lot of great functions. But what we're trying to do is take this new technology and then make it compatible with this old technology that they've used to using. And there's just certain things that the, those other pieces of technology just are not capable of supporting. And so it's trying to get that mind shift of just there's a little bit of change in how you have to operate in order to embrace and to pioneer forward. You know, my favorite customers are the ones that want to be innovative. If someone doesn't want to innovate or they're not willing to change, quite frankly, um, I move on and you know, I'll come back and, and check with them and see if they're interested in, in change, you know, a couple more months or another year down the road. Because, you know, if you don't want to innovate and move forward, then you're going to be stuck and then you're going to continue to fall behind because technology moves at such a rapid pace. But I really think we're starting to get that mind shift to where more and more multifamily folks are looking at what is this journey looking like? What is that change and shift in how we operate need to be? So for those for those companies that decide they're ready to take the leap and they have said, you know what, I'm ready to embrace this technology. What what are some best practices or some necessary changes that you see needing to take place on site that put these uh, put these companies in a position to be able to better leverage or take advantage of um, these technologies and therefore actually get the return uh, that they're looking for? You know, since we focus on a little bit more on the sales, you know, more sales qualified lead side of the funnel, a lot of our process is in built to where we're creating a little bit of automation plus human interaction into the workflow. And so it is important for us to sit down with a company and say, hey, what is your leasing process? You know, when you get a new lead, what do you guys do to get them to, you know, schedule a tour? Well, you know, we tell our leasing team they have to contact them five times and then book a tour. Okay, great. So how about we look at that and say that they can get that initial contact out We'll send these three emails over the first week and we'll send the signal team some signals saying, Hey, this person clicked this email and this person came back and visited your website. Here's someone you should call. So then instead of them having to go through and touch everyone five times, they can get that initial contact. Our system can take care of that nurture and then feed them the additional signals that they need for who they need to be following up with calling with to try to get that conversion. And then from there, we'll say, let's look at your touring process. What are you doing for tours today? Uh, well, I, I just put it on an Outlook calendar, or I just tell them they can come in anytime they want to, or maybe they do have some 
scheduling tool in place that can just at least capture the appointment, but then they still have to confirm it. It's not conflicted. So we say, okay, let's look at that process. Well, we can add a confirmation email. We can automatically remind them. We can follow up with them if they miss their tour. We allow the prospect to self-schedule and recancel. So they're getting all these efficiencies in that piece of the process. So we really look at our product being um, journey and process specific more so than just the technology. So you have to communicate that this is how your workflow will change, but here's all this time you're going to get back in your day and all this extra efficiency you're going to gain. I think what I heard in there is very similar to what most uh, most B2B, particularly technology companies, look for, which is a predictable and repeatable sales process. And, and the fact that it's a lot of it, a lot of it is digitally driven and therefore able to be repeatable um, causes you to have predictability around what that spin is going to be and, and, and ultimately how many closes or leases or sales you're actually going to be able to make. And, and the adoption of the sales team or the on-site team to be able to facilitate that process goes a long way. And it's very interesting. I mean, when we look and we benchmark our data, it's almost identical across every client, every market. It's, it, you know, and that shows you that it, that is a repeatable process and you can expect um, the same type of data and results by implementing this type of a That is funny because that is a little bit of a dirty secret that most people don't want to accept is that uh, Texas is different than Florida or that high-end property A is different than uh, B property. I haven't seen that. Uh, I've seen the consumer journey being very similar regardless of uh, – it doesn't mean there aren't subtle differences – but they're not sweeping differences and we're talking about 10% versus the 90%. Do you guys see the same thing on your mm-hmm. end? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can see a slight difference, um, but it's like you said, you're, you're talking about maybe a five or 10% at most, nothing drastic. You know, you can blend it all together and it, it, you, you wouldn't be able to know if you, you know, hit the data, you know, tell me which one's a high end asset. Tell me which one's a class B property. Tell me which one's in California and which one's in Texas. You wouldn't be able to pick that out. That's right. No, that that's right. Cause, cause they're all using Google. <laughs> because <laughs> it's all the same there well hey listen we we really appreciate your time we're going to get you out of here on this uh, you know so if i if i have a closing question for those looking to create excitement and buying amongst our sales teams specifically in regards to to the website leads what's uh what's the piece of advice that they can't do without you know i think it's really looking at modernizing and looking at your process and where can you implement some um, robotic process automation or implement um, something that can kind of nurture your marketing qualified leads. So that way that they can focus on what they do best, which is building relationships with their customers, their new potential residents, and, you know, taking care of the needs of those who call home where they work. Perfect. Well, Robert, this has been awesome. Uh, We really appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Bridge. If you like what you heard, be sure to jump into the conversation online by following the bridge pod hashtag on LinkedIn. And as always, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks and stay well.